Thank you, friends, for joining us for this episode of the Effective Church Leaders Podcast. The purpose of this weekly chat is to answer your questions and provide support for you church and ministry leaders. And we hope this content helps you to become more informed and and better equipped as you lead your ministry or church. As always, we are your hosts, Becky and Carrie Holton. Yes, we are. Good to see you, honey. It's been a busy day. How it's you been doing? a busy day. Uh, I'm, I'm doing well. Let's talk about this week's podcast. All Here right. we go. Jump in. This one is devoted to helping us all become better Bible students. Here, here. It's a good goal, isn't mm-hmm. it? Actually, it's really in response to a conversation that I had with a Christian brother of ours. You know who I'm talking about. Right. We were talking about one of, of the many difficult passages in Paul's letters and how we should apply them today to our own lives. And I made this statement that I think caused him some angst. I didn't mean to disrupt. I didn't mean to cause him any kind of stress. But but I think this statement may have made him think and caused him some angst. And here was the statement. I said, the Bible was not written to us. Uh-oh. Yeah, that sounds disruptive, doesn't it? I just kind of had to wait a minute. I thought you were going to clean that statement up, but you didn't. (laughs) Well, I guess to to be more specific, the Bible was not written to us, but for us. Maybe that helps to clean it up a little bit. Right. And I can see how that statement, it could be pretty disturbing to some people. um, Because I think many of us see the Bible as God's message to us personally. Mm -hmm. We sort of see ourselves as the recipients or the intended audience of this book. And it's, it's to us straight to us. Sure. And that my name's on that, on the leather on the outside. Exactly. And you know, I I understand that kind of thinking too. Mm -hmm. I mean, we do look to the Bible as a message of God, which it is. Absolutely is. Uh, God reveals himself to us in this book. It is our guide and our authority. It's sacred text. Yes, it is. And according to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, it's useful for teaching, for reproof, for training in righteousness, for correction. So, so yes, the Bible is for us. It's for our benefit. And mm-hmm. like I said, it is our guide and our authority. We respect it as such. But, of course, we should recognize, even in 2 Timothy 3.16, that Paul wrote that wonderful passage that all Scripture is inspired of God and it's useful to us. He wrote that passage to Timothy. I mean, there is much we can learn from the passage, sure, but, but it was written to Timothy, who was his son in the faith and who was a, an evangelist. And at the time when Paul wrote it to him, he was serving the Lord in Ephesus. So that's what I mean when I say it was not written to us. It was written to Timothy in that particular case. Mm -hmm. I guess we could actually say that not a single word in the Bible was written to us since all of the books of the Bible are almost 2,000 years old for the New Testament books and much older than that for books of the Old Testament. It's like we're reading someone else's mail. So that's, true. that's true. That's mm-hmm. true. Very well said. Reading someone else's well, mail. You. Okay. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think I first encountered this concept that the Bible was not written to us when I read a book written by Gordon Fee and Douglas Stewart. I know many of our listeners probably have heard of those two men. Well, the book that I read was entitled 
How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth, A Guide to Understanding the Bible. Just an excellent book. And mm-hmm. last time I looked that book up, it was in its third edition. Fee is a New Testament professor and scholar, and Stewart is an Old Testament scholar. Hmm. I remember when you started reading that book, and to be honest, some of the things you told me scared the bejeebers out of me a little bit at first, and then I read the book, and wow, it had a profound effect on me. It helped me probably more than about any book I can remember about learning about the Bible, because, you know, it's just a book that introduces Bible students to the various genre of literature in the Bible and the rules for interpreting the various literary categories of the Bible. For example, you know, the Bible has epistles and narratives and gospels and law and parables and wisdom literature, you know, apocalyptic literature. It's just such an outstanding book. But the way Gordon Fee talks about it, it just drives down the meaning and the understanding of this book even deeper once I got over kind of some fear that I had about what he was saying, sure. it just was like putting puzzle pieces together. For sort me. of a new revelation, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. It really was helpful at a really important time in my spiritual development. Yes. Well, you know, this notion uh, that the Bible was not written to us, I, I, I think Gordon Fee's chapter on how to read and interpret the epistles was the first time that I thought about this particular notion. And to tell you the truth, it just rocked my world when I read it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fee asserted that the Bible was not written to us, but for us. He was clear to make that distinction. And I began to think about that simple but far-reaching statement. I began to think about how obvious it was. I mean, think of the New Testament letters, for example. And let's just introduce some of them. I've got my Bible in front of me here, and we're going to turn to some of these passages, so it may take me a little while. Do you want me to sing you the books of the Bible? (laughs) You may need to. (laughs) Well, the first one, for example, is Romans chapter 1 and verse 7. Uh, This is Paul's introduction to the letter to the Romans, and in verse 7 he says, well, he says that it's to all God's beloved in Rome who are called to be saints. I mean, Paul just comes out in the opening chapter and says, I'm addressing this letter to the Christians in Rome. Mm-hmm. And 1 Corinthians 1, uh, verses 1 and 2 are similar. Paul called to an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ and called to be holy, together with all those everywhere who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This, this is obviously written to the church at Corinth. This is a letter. We are reading the mail of the Corinth church. Yeah, exactly. And, and how about this passage in Galatians chapter 1? In verse 1, Paul says, I'm the author of this particular book. And then in verse 2, he says, to the churches of Galatia. So he's writing this letter to all of the churches in the province of Galatia. And another one, Philippians 1, one. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi together with the overseers and deacons yeah, that had a specific um, subject line who this was addressed to. Exactly. So, you know, it does seem fairly obvious that the letters of the new Testament that were written by Paul and Peter and James and John, uh, they didn't have us in mind when they wrote those letters, they had specific audiences in mind and that did not include us. Mm -hmm. But I do believe the Holy spirit of God had us in mind uh, in Romans 15.4. Okay. We've already talked about that, um, where it said this, 
this book, the scriptures were written for our learning, for yeah. our instruction. So when you think about that term, for our instruction, to whom does the hour refer to? Good question. To the Christians in Rome, to the Christians of all time? Well, perhaps, but again, we could say that scripture was certainly written for us, even though not written to us. Yeah, I guess we could say that we might be included in the hour. Yes. But in Paul's mind, we were not included in the hour. Well, maybe. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) How do you know? (laughs) I mean, I I think the Spirit probably had us Mm -hmm. in mind, surely. Absolutely. But Paul is writing that letter to a specific audience. That's our point. Well, and I think that verse is definitely an inspired verse for those of us who might have thought, oh, that was just written to that church. I don't need to pay attention to it. That verse specifically has us in mind. It's for learning. It's for our learning. And whether or not it's our, those people there, it certainly can apply to anyone that reads those texts. They can learn. But you're saying, said. but you're saying that they were written for us, but not to us, right? Right, and I think as we're going to talk, there's some principles that we'll need to apply mm-hmm. when we figure out what it is we are supposed okay. to learn. Okay, so. you know, really, honey, we're talking about one of the basic rules of Bible study here, aren't we? And yes, it's a cardinal rule governing the interpretation and the application of all Scripture, and it's it's just this: we must determine whether a passage was spoken to us or to others. Right. I heard teachers in my school uh, at Oklahoma Christian say that one of the first rules of Bible study is to observe to whom the passage was spoken. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good rule of thumb that most all of us understand. I mean, let's give some illustrations here. For example, I want you to think about the book of Leviticus, for example. Uh, this is pretty obvious uh, but uh, let's think of Leviticus, and let me, let's me let go back to Leviticus chapter 1 and verse 2. And I've got that in front of me. Here's what that verse says. Well, let's start with verse 1. How about that? Okay. The Lord summoned Moses and spoke to him from the tent of meeting, saying, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, When any of you bring an offering of livestock to the Lord, you shall bring your offering from the herd or from the flock. Now, verse 1 tells us that God is speaking to Moses and that God tells Moses to say this to the people of Israel. I mean, why don't we take animals and offer them today just as Leviticus chapter 1 and verse 2 commands? Praise the Lord, we don't. <laughs> just saying, I can't even cut up a chicken without gagging, so... <laughs> Exactly. Well, we don't practice this rule today because no. it wasn't addressed to us. And, mm-hmm. and and let me give just one more example. We could give a lot more. Uh, let's go over here to Leviticus chapter 12. And uh, I'm on my way there now. Leviticus chapter 12, and beginning in verse 1. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the people of Israel and say this. If a woman conceives and bears a male child, she shall be ceremonially unclean seven days, as at the time of her menstruation she shall be unclean. On the eighth day, the flesh of his foreskin shall be circumcised. Her time of blood purification shall be 33 days. She shall not touch any holy thing or come into the sanctuary until the days of her purification 
are completed. Now, I know this is fairly obvious, but not to any woman alive today does this command apply. Why? Again, because these were instructions which the Lord told Moses to speak to the people of Israel, right? Not spoken to us. Well, those were just really special verses that you picked out there. <laughs> I hope I didn't offend anyone. Well, maybe we need to have a conversation off mic about why you pick those. But, well, maybe. But there is a truth here that every Bible student must keep in mind. Not every passage in the Bible was spoken or written to us. Here, here. We understand this principle when referring to certain passages in Leviticus, obviously, and other books in the Old Testament. And that's why we don't offer animal sacrifices in our worship today. It's why we don't anoint priests who are dressed in a tunic or a robe and an ephod. And it's why we don't observe the meticulous dietary and purity laws that God commanded Israel to observe. Thankfully, we don't need to do that again. This does not mean that we cannot learn from these passages. Correct. There is so much depth of learning in those passages mm-hmm. to go back and look at those and what was really being said, the meaning behind the word. Scripture is, it's beyond useful to us. We read all of the Bible for our benefit. Absolutely. It teaches us, it helps us. But to get there, we're talking about some principles we need to follow that are essential. Mm-hmm. Right. All of Scripture is useful, even to those who weren't the original readers, and that takes us back to Second Timothy three sixteen and 17. Well said. I couldn't yeah. agree more. But, you know, honey, even in that passage that you referred to, Second Timothy three sixteen and 17, it was written to Timothy. And as we said earlier, Paul calls him a man of God in that passage. Timothy so, is a man of God. Women don't need to read it. No, women. (laughs) Well, you you raise an interesting question. In the Old Testament, man of God referred to a spokesman for God, someone who spoke for God. So Paul is telling Timothy, the evangelist, that scripture is his most useful tool, his most useful tool. Right. right. So we can all learn from this great passage, sure. Mm -hmm. But technically, it was written to Timothy, and it has direct application to everyone who would speak for God. There you go, right there. Everyone who would speak for God. So let's talk about how we should interpret Bible passages that aren't written to us. What do we do with this information that when we're reading someone else's mail? Good question. And I hope our listeners are still with us. We're we're getting there eventually. (laughs) We we are. and, And we hope we're not scaring any of you And we hope you'll stay with us because I'm telling you, this is transforming this conversation. It may sound like it's heresy. It is not. Right. It is actually has integrity for how we talk about the Bible. Well, I've forgotten the question that you asked me. What was the question again? I don't. Oh, we were going to talk about how how we do interpret Bible passages that weren't written to us okay, when we're good. reading someone else's mail. I almost forgot what I asked you. Well, that's what makes the interpretation and the application of some Bible passages so challenging. Right. I mean, it's not difficult to identify the application of Second Timothy 3, 16 and 17, for example, even though we understand it was addressed to Timothy in particular, and gospel preachers or those who speak for God in general. Right. We recognize that there is a principle in that passage that would apply to every follower of Jesus. Scripture, all Scripture in this context, all Scripture is inspired by God, and it's useful. And by the way, we should examine the context here. 
The scriptures that Paul has in mind are the Old Testament scriptures. Now, that truth would apply to the New Testament scriptures as well, but Paul's talking about the Old Testament scriptures there, and he says this is a principle true for everyone. Now, we can see the application in that particular passage because we take a principle and we apply it. But, you know, honey, it's a tad more difficult to apply the instructions of Leviticus to modern-day readers. Right. We have to look for principles in that text Mm -hmm. that have value even for today. For example... From the Leviticus passages, we can take these principles that that we worship God today and and how we worship him is still very important. Absolutely, because God still desires that his people are holy Mm -hmm. and distinct from the world in ways that really matter. And that's the principle. Mm -hmm. And knowing about the nature and role of the high priest in ancient Israel, that really helps us to appreciate the nature and role of our high priest today, who's Jesus. Right. I mean, those principles are just like peeling back understanding in your in my mind. It was for me. And I guess we should acknowledge that there are going to be times when we're going to struggle mightily <laughs> to understand how certain passages in the Bible should be interpreted and applied to modern day readers. Since not every passage in the Bible was spoken or written to us, we're going to have some struggle. I agree, and I want to underscore just what you said. Because not every passage in the Bible was spoken to us or written to us, that sometimes makes it harder for us to interpret those passages and Mm -hmm. apply them. I think that's true. And, you know, again, remembering this basic rule will make us better Bible students, don't you think? Absolutely. But I, I know at the outset, this discussion might have raised questions in some of the minds of our listeners. So we might want to come back to this topic. I, I think we should so as to go back and review some of these things when people may start thinking about things they haven't talked about before. Sure, sure. I agree. I do think we need to discuss some of the ramifications of this truth uh, that scripture was not written to us, but for us. But I, th- I also think we should probably save that discussion for another day. We'll leave it up to you just to open a can of worms and say we're done for today. Walk away. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, what in the world? Well, I, I don't know that it's a can of worms. <laughs> but I do think we should consider the notion that interpreting and understanding and applying scripture, at least some scripture, is not always easy. It's it's difficult in some cases. It's just not as simple as picking up the Bible, reading it, and doing what it says. And even even that statement might be a little bit disturbing to some. Right, right. I think that that idea may feel unsettled, unsettling to unsettling. many people. Sure. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry about that. I think what I'm saying here is just let's all pledge to become better Bible students. Absolutely. And yeah. let's not get all wigged out on something. Let's just go deeper with it. Let's think about it. Let's yes. reflect on it. Yes. Uh, no matter where our study and our reflection leads us, let's just pledge to become better Bible students. And you know, I think I think we can pray the prayer that Paul once prayed for the Ephesian Christians, that God would enlighten them. I think we can pray that God would enlighten us. And here's that verse that I think we'll leave with our listeners. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints. That's Ephesians 1, 17 and 18. But that passage was written to the Christians at Ephesus. (laughs) 
Well, that's can right. We pray that prayer today. <laughs> I, well, I think there's a principle there that right. we can apply today that right. we can certainly pray that prayer that God would enlighten us. We need it. Well, I just wanted to know what it felt like to poke the bear for once instead of you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, no, there is a beautiful principle in that prayer that is so meaningful to us, even though it wasn't written to us. It was written for us when we sit down to study scripture. Good. So, well, I think that's enough for today, I'm sure. And friends, please don't hesitate to contact us and let us know how we may support you in your ministry. And your questions and comments, they really are always welcome. Send them to hello at EffectiveChurchLeaders.com. Again, that's hello at EffectiveChurchLeaders.com. And please plan to join us next week for another episode of the Effective Church Leaders podcast. And by the way, should we add that in our next episode, we're going to try to clarify some things we've said today. I'm sure we will clarify and mess it up even more. Oh, I hope we don't do that. (laughs) No. We'll try to clarify and go a little deeper. No, we'll probably go a couple more podcasts on this. Yes, good. Goodbye, friends.